I think this, as far as our tone, can really be a manifestation of what's in our hearts. And so if you show up at the abortion center on a consistent basis and you've got an angry tone, you've got an accusatory tone, I think it's time to get in the presence of the Lord and see if there's some things in my heart, Lord, that I need to get right with you. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And um, this is being recorded in 2021, actually, Mm -hmm. the latter days, the latter days of 2021, but should come out in the early days of 2022. So we hope that you guys had a blessed Christmas. Hope that you guys had a blessed New Year. And we hope that this podcast episode will be an encouragement to you. As we speak from some experiences, some of the things that we've learned, and that's going to be the title of this. Maybe uh, maybe I'll tweak the title a bit before I put it out there, but this is kind of the title we're rolling with as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Counterintuitive things we have learned. Right. And we may uh, need to break down what that means, because I don't really know what the word counterintuitive means. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll try and educate everybody then. Yeah, actually. Not, not just Daniel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not as dumb as some people think. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do know what that means. Um, So we're going to talk about some of the things that we've learned over the years, some of the things counterintuitively, some of the things you think, "Mm, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that. But you find, actually, that's not very productive. It's counterproductive. Right. And uh, so things that you would think are one way, we're thinking, uh, we've learned those things are a little different. And so some of these points are going to be counterintuitive and some of them maybe are going to just be common sense for you. Right. Um, but it's things that we learned nonetheless. And we hope that rather than making your own mistakes on the sidewalk, you can let us make them for you and you can learn from us. What do you think about that? I think it's good. In fact, the, the first point that we're going to make is a mistake that I made, I think, just a few days ago. I've been out here for nine years. So sometimes we don't learn from our Vicky, <laughs> our you own don't mistakes. make mistakes. They're just happy accidents. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. That's what uh what's the guy, the painter with the Oh, the with the afro? big afro, yeah. Uh, Why can't I remember his name? I Bob, don't remember. Whatever. Bob, Bob something. <laughs> See, man, this is how right. smart we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said you just make happy accidents. So, okay. Yeah. Those lead to a So good we'll turn result. some of our happy accidents, yeah. some of our uh, mistakes uh-huh. into teaching moments for all of you guys. That's right. And you guys can uh, maybe shoot me an email and let me know what that guy's name is, who I should know. Absolutely. It is <laughs> what Bob. His name is. It's Bob someone. Yeah, it is. Um <laughs> but I can't think of it right now. So maybe by the end of this episode, I'll just <laughs> chime in and say, this is the guy's name. Me and my kids used to watch that guy together. I used to watch him. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. No. It's about sidewalk ministry. So let's go through what are some of the counterintuitive things that we've learned, or maybe some of the common sense things that we've learned over the years that we feel like would help and uh, encourage people that are involved in this ministry. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you the little story that led to the the first 
point that we're going to make, which is that the importance of timing is critical. Yeah. Ooh, you, ooh. Speaking of timing. Oh, oh what? Bob Ross. But yes. <laughs> yep. That's the guy's name. <laughs> okay, you're you're absolutely correct. <laughs> now my timing right. could have been better on that because you're been. you're trying to make a point here, right. and I just chimed in with right. something that has nothing to do with what you're saying. Yeah. So it was the right thing, but at the wrong time, which is <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is exactly the point. So the little story is uh, a person stopped car side. In fact, two in a row stopped car side up the street, which doesn't happen all that often. But it was my lucky day. And both of them were willing to engage, at least for a little while. Yeah. And um, the first one, I talked with her for a little while and then... Uh, it it felt like it was time to say, what would God have you do? And at that moment, she nudged her boyfriend <laughs> in the side and said, get out of here. Yeah. And and drove into the abortion center. Yeah. You would think I would have learned after after that. But then the next car comes along. and th- Very different. That woman was already crying. She pulled over. She wouldn't look at me. She was with another woman and she's looking straight ahead and she's obviously very upset. I, I just said... Look, you don't want to do this. It, it's very clear that you don't want to do this. And she was listening, and I started telling about our resources. And in my defense, at that moment, one of the pro-abortion people came running over, screaming at her to drive in on into the abortion center. And you could tell she was, like, getting tense, getting yeah. flustered. And so kind of as a last resort, because I thought, I'm, I'm going to lose her anyway. She's about to drive away because of this pro-abortion person telling her to do so. So I said again, what would, I asked, I had already asked her, do you believe in the Lord? She nodded. Um, and then I said, well, what would God have you do? As the pro-abort is standing there screaming at her. And she, um, she looked like she was about to choke back, really choke back sobs, and, yeah. and then drove forward and i saw her slow down i thought she was going to keep going and she ended up turning into the abortion center so i just really i I don't beat myself up i realize that the holy spirit needs to do his thing and and i do my thing which is obedient to his call and i i do my best at the moment but i do analyze in both those cases should i have held off was the timing of that statement not quite the right time should i have paused told more about the resources talked more about the grief that especially with the second one right that she was clearly uh feeling and so the the first thing is we all need to be aware of the timing you can say the right thing at the wrong time and have it be counterproductive yeah yeah i knew just for you guys listening i I do want to strongly discourage you from walking on eggshells and always being fearful that you're going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. To speak God's word and really to put the results in God's hands is what we've always taught you guys, what we've always encouraged you. Speak the truth of God's word, put the results in God's hands. However, there, there is timing there in every situation can be different too. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm not going to give you, we're not going to be able to give you, here's the perfect time to say this. Here's the perfect time to say that. I think probably more than anything, just knowing that timing does matter. Right. Is that if you're you're in kind of the chain of a conversation, stringing one thought to another thought to another thought, that it's really best for us to hold back those kind of stinging statements um, for kind of the very last. 
Yeah. I think that's probably timing. There's a scripture here that comes to mind. I quote it often, actually. You guys, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you've probably heard me quote this. So Proverbs 27, verse 14. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about the blessing, like you want to bless your friend. It's like going yeah. to your friend's house at four o'clock in the morning. I love you. You're my best friend. <laughs> and with all the love that you have for your friend in your heart, saying this loudly early in the morning. So the loud voice, the timing early in the morning. Oh, that's not. That's a no-go for your friend. He's going to receive it as a curse. You're cursing him, actually, even though your intentions are well. And so I think, again, rather than just walking on eggshells and always being fearful, because this is one of the things that keeps people from the sidewalk, is they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing or something. So we don't want any of that. But I think what we do want to encourage you guys to be doing is to analyze. Like, if you say something and it has a particular effect, let's let's say you say, what would God have you to do? And you see a consistent pattern of it just shuts the conversation down, then it's probably good to reassess, should I be saying that particular thing at that time? Yeah. I do think that's a good statement. I do it think, what would statement. God have you to do? Yeah. To me, it's, it's, in my mind at least, one of those statements that kind of last minute before they're going into the door of the abortion center that I'm going to give out, what would God have you to do? Because it will hopefully provoke in them the thought of really what God have me do. Am I doing what yeah. honors the Lord? Yeah. In those car side scenarios, for me personally, I want to try to be as relational as possible. I want to be as much of obviously bringing God into the conversation right off the bat. Right. This idea that we don't mention God, we don't mention religion or Jesus until like the very last is absurd. Yeah. Okay. We should mention Jesus. He's on the forefront of their minds. We're talking what they're already thinking, because even if they don't believe in God, they're still thinking about what God really wants them to do, Yeah. but making it more relational rather yeah. than just because in reality, that statement is more of an accusation than it is really a question. That question is really a statement of accusation than it really is a question, although we hope that it provokes thought and a response, not just to us really, but to themselves, between them and God, you know? Yeah. Um. So again... Don't want you guys to be fearful of saying the wrong thing, but just reflective of what Mm -hmm. could be, as far as timing is concerned, the right time to say whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, our second point, which is about adoption, most of these points are things that we hear from new people. And frequently they'll say, do you ever talk about adoption? Yeah. Oh, gee, we never thought of it. (laughs) Wow. I'm glad you came along and mentioned that because we never thought about talking about adoption before. But overwhelmingly, the timing of when you mention adoption, it's not that we never mention it, but it is a it's a conversation stopper, especially if it's early on in the conversation. If you have exhausted everything and they've said I did have one mom who we came to this point and she just said, I just don't want this baby. I cannot parent this baby. Yeah. Well, then I then I brought up adoption. It was yeah. still a no. She didn't take me up on it sure. at all. And yeah. and I don't know that I can remember even a single person ever that I know of that I've personally counseled who has chosen adoption. Yeah. So um, knowing that the timing and the mentioning of adoption is usually a conversation stopper, yeah. dead yeah. end. As a matter of fact, if you want one thing that would stop your conversation dead in its tracks for the most part 
then mention adoption. Right. Because most of the time, that's going to just shut the conversation down, especially, I know within the black community, we talked about this with Jessica Mullen, who runs Option Adoption, Adoption Resource. In the black community, adoption is is stigmatized in a lot of ways. Right. And in many communities, not just the black community, but many communities just in general, adoption and foster care are equated with one another. It's like it, you're saying the same thing. That's what they hear. Yeah. Now, obviously, we know that foster care and adoption are two different things, and we know the differences. But for many of these women, you got to think, again, in the mindset of a young lady who's scared and got all this chaos going on in her life, for her to really, in her mind, break down the differences and you try to break down the differences and all this stuff, it's just – it's not it's not a realistic scenario that you're going to be able to break all that down. They're going to be able to parse through all of the differences between foster care and adoption and all that stuff. And somebody asked me, this is a while back, so I talked about how we don't mention adoption. You know, when the new people come out, first thing they say, do you guys, do you ever, ever thought of mentioning adoption, <laughs> offering to adopt their baby? It's like, oh, yeah, like you said, <laughs> I'm glad you came along. We never thought. Of, of course we thought of that, right? But we don't mention that. Because it's a conversation stopper, right. and um, you know, it, you're asking. This is kind of the way I explained it to this one person who said, "Why don't you mention adoption?" Is you're really asking someone who's going into a place, a mother, about to do one of the most selfish things she could possibly do mm-hmm. to protect herself, right? Right. By killing her baby, you know, air quotes, protect herself. That's right. the, the mentality a lot yeah. of times. To handle her situation, to take care of her, to do you, you know, she's she's going in to take care of herself, look out for number one, one of the most selfish things she could do, abortion. And you're asking her to go from that, from abortion, one of the most selfish things she can do, to one of the most selfless things a mom could do, which is place her baby with another family that could take care of her child when she can't. That's one of the most selfless things that a mother can do. Yeah. And you're asking her to go from zero to a thousand. And so it's it's... It's a no-go a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. Now, also, if you've had a I will chance say, to develop a relationship, and sometimes that has happened where I remember counseling a woman for months, and at the she's almost ready to give birth, and at that point, she was ready to hear about adoption, interestingly enough. Although once the baby was born, she immediately changed back to know she would parent the child. Yeah, yeah. which happens a lot. It does. Which I will say, and this is, you guys go back and listen to the episode that we did with Jessica Mullen, where she talked about this. I think it's a very important episode for everyone to listen to, because I've seen people in front of the abortion centers yelling, we'll adopt your baby, we'll adopt your baby. And they're like wondering why no one's taking them up on that offer. Right. Uh, It's because, again, that kind of whole selfishness, selflessness scenario. And then I will say, too, again, with that stigma about adoption and foster care within the black community, and especially at Latrobe, the abortion centers in Charlotte, most of the women that go in are African-American. Right. Most of them are black women. Right. And when you're out there, you know, upper middle class white person mm-hmm. yelling out to a young lady who's black, mm-hmm. who you know is really looking at you as you're this upper middle class white person telling them, when you say... I'll adopt your baby. You're basically saying, hey, young black lady, you can't take care of your kid. Let yeah. me, a rich white person, take care of your kid. Right. Like, how's that sound? Right. That's not what we imply. Yeah. But a lot of time, that's what's being heard. And we need to understand that. Yeah. And so really, if, if we are mentioning an option, it's going to be at the tail end of the conversation. It's going to be when almost they're convinced that abortion is the wrong thing, but they don't really see any other option. They really can't parent the child when they can't parent that child, obviously, 
adoption should be an option for them, right? Yeah. Um, There's ways to do it. There's ministries. Option adoption is one of those that we connect with. Um, They can help make that connection. But something we've learned is that it's definitely not a conversation starter. It's a conversation stopper. Yeah, for sure. Um, That. The next point is that your tone matters, and in that that verse that you quoted, that really talks about that, because he spoke in a yeah. loud voice. Now, I guess loud isn't necessarily tone, but it, it can be. Yeah. But if, if you've got an angry, bitter, loud, nasty tone, it, again, you this is not going to uh, draw people to you. So if you have self-righteous anger in your heart as you are... Um, as you're calling out to the women, then um, that's going to be communicated. That's what they're yeah. going to hear, and they are not going to come and talk to you. So, you, again, you can say the right thing, not only at the wrong time, but also in with the wrong tone. Yeah. And if you say the right thing with the wrong tone, they don't hear the right thing. What they connect with is the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can talk about how, how bad abortion is. You can talk about... You can talk about the resources that are available and do it in an angry, accusatory tone. You could say something like, we have resources available for you. Yeah. You know, think about that. Why don't you just come and talk with us? Yeah. <laughs> we have everything or, you need. think about it. We have resources available for you. Why don't you just come and talk to us? How does that sound? Right. Versus, we have resources available for you. Would you please just come and talk to us? Yeah. Like, that's more inviting, right? Yeah. One tone. I mean, just think about it. Just the inflection, just the tone itself sounded accusatory. Yeah. When I changed it a little bit, same words, it right. sounded more inviting. Yeah. So our tone yeah. can set the tone. Even an angry tone, when we would come across as, I mean, you can say, yeah, I'll say something like this. Young lady, abortion is murder. It destroys the life of your baby. Like, that sounds... To me, you tell me, like a loving way to say you're about to murder your kid. It's giving a pleading, pleading voice speaking the truth as opposed to. Yeah. I mean, if I were to say, (laughs) young lady, abortion is murder. Why don't you just come and talk to us? You know, it's like, yeah, there's like an accusatory tone. Yeah. Same words, but the tone and inflection in your voice can mean a lot. Yeah. Now, I think, again, not we don't want you guys Walking on eggshells, always afraid that you're going to use the wrong tone, but just being conscious of that. Mm-hmm. I think our tone actually, um, you know, Jesus said, from the depths of the heart, the mouth speaks. If yeah. we show up at the abortion center thinking that we're better than them and that we got it all together and we need to set them straight, that we're the children of God and they're the wicked and we show up with this attitude of somehow we're better than them rather than an attitude of humility before the Lord, then that will come across in our tone. That's why yeah. it's so important that we ourselves be before the Lord in prayer, that we yeah. are seeking God, that we see the truth of who we are in the sight of a holy God. And also, of course, we experience his mercy and his kindness toward us. Then we're able to come with mercy and kindness toward others. So I think this, as far as our tone, can really be a manifestation of what's in our hearts. And so if you show up at the abortion center on a consistent basis and you've got an angry tone, you've got an accusatory tone, 
I think it's time to get in the presence of the Lord and see if there is some things in my heart, Lord, that I need to get right with you. I so agree with that. That kind of makes me a little teary-eyed because this very morning I was walking along praying, as I always do on mornings. I actually didn't come to the sidewalk, but I thought I would. And um, and I was remembering my own abortion past and feeling very weepy and 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 was then thinking— I'm grateful to God that he does bring that back because what it does is it it reminds me that I have that in my past. Yeah. And and so the people that I am counseling and calling out to I can approach them with more compassion. I I was thanking God saying I think this gives me compassion. This ability much as I don't want to remember it, it does give me the ability to be more compassionate and yeah. kind in kind in my tone. Yeah, so. you think about the story um, Jesus gives, and I'm going to probably slaughter the story, but you guys know it, where Jesus is talking about two men that went to the temple. One was weeping and wailing and right. repenting before the for the Lord. I'm I'm a sinner, don't deserve your mercy. And one is, uh, you know, one was a the publican, and one was the um, the Pharisee or whatever the religious guy. It's like. He, the religious guy, the Pharisee, prays, "God, I thank you that I'm not like this this tax collector, right. this this guy, yeah. and uh, I thank you that I'm righteous." And it's like, which one of these is justified? It's the mm-hmm. one whose heart was broken before the Lord. Right. We need to have a heart broken before the Lord right. for the women, but also even today, like one of the pro aborts came up to me and just said something that was. I mean, she she didn't mean it to be. Really, she didn't mean it to show what was in her heart. I'm not going to go through all of what it was because these people are whacked out, so I'm not going to give them more airtime than they need. But it actually broke my heart the way she said it. There was almost like this, from her perspective, there was this kind of built into the world, this this need to always like, I don't know, just, I wish I could spell it out a little more, but explain herself in such a way like, I actually she was have kind good of justifying intentions. her actions being out there in a way. Not that. It, 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 if I could break the story out a little more than I would, but I can't do that. But reality is, like, what was seen in the story that she was telling and what she was saying is that she's always paranoid of people doing evil to her. Oh. Like, what a, what a terrible life to live. And yeah. I remember living that life. I yeah. remember when I was in sin, living in rebellion to God. None of I couldn't trust any of my friends because yeah. they would steal from you. They'd stab you in the back, and that's kind of what she was speaking from. Just this idea of you, know, you can't trust anybody. Yeah, I'm like man, what a heartbreaking world to live in. Right, and I, yeah. I almost started weeping standing out there on the yeah. in, on the sidewalk. Yeah, um, because of this kind of just I don't know. My heart was was broken, not because I'm so great or anything, but I just realized the world I came from. Yeah, and so I guess. And this is kind of going a little long on this point that your tone matters, but really from the depths of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if our heart is broken and our heart is a heart of humility and compassion because we see what God has brought us from, then that's going to come out of our mouths, right? right. So yeah. more than anything, just just keep that in mind. Yeah. And, and that goes along with our next point about righteous anger rarely helps the situation. There, there certainly is a place for righteous anger out there. Yeah. What's happening there is a horrific affront to a holy God uh, and rebellion, but um, it almost never draws people to us. And if, if our goal is to have them, their hearts changed towards God and towards those babies, then um, usually the counterintuitive way to deal with them is with mercy, grace, and love. Yeah. 
even in the midst of their anger and even in the midst of their nastiness towards us, which we do see. And again, that's not a natural response. That is not a natural human response to respond to people being angry with you or um, uh, persecute you or whatever to respond with love. Yeah. But um, I think that that is the more effective way yeah. to respond out there. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, listen, to be angry is to be human. <laughs> yeah. And also to be angry in a lot of ways is to be righteous. Yeah. Jesus got angry, right? Yeah. It's righteous to be angry with wickedness going on. That that's that's true. Yeah. But also the Bible says the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. So you can have this righteous anger and indignation toward the wickedness that goes on out there. You can have it without it manifesting itself in an angry tone and an angry voice and an angry facial expression. Yeah. You can yield that stuff to the Lord. And you know, given this volatile situation that being at an abortion center is, a lot of times it's hard for you to discern whether or not the anger that you're feeling is righteous anger or carnal anger. Yeah. So let's just put anger on the shelf while we're out there as best we can and let the Lord through us, if God wants to deal with them in an angry way, let him. He can do that in a righteous way every time. God's yeah. anger is always righteous. Right. God never manifests his anger in an unrighteous, in an unrighteous way. Sadly, oftentimes our anger that mm-hmm. we want to sanitize and call, we'll call it righteous anger, but in reality it's just carnal anger, Yeah, um, is not always righteous, right? Our anger yeah. is oftentimes unrighteous anger. It's this anger of the flesh. So I kind of try to take the posture of putting anger on the shelf yeah. while I'm out there. Let God do the angry stuff, right? Let him deal with them yeah. and his wrath. And I'll do, um, you know, speaking the truth of God, yeah. confronting evil in a gracious way. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say on that point. Yeah, and prevent, it, hopefully prevent it, it escalating. Yeah. Being really good listeners, even though the reasons sometimes that you hear for why they're there are just frankly stupid. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> they're stupid, they're wrong, they're outright evil, wicked, but you still need to listen. And I think the, um, the hard discernment comes in with um, listen long enough to, so that they feel heard, yeah. but not so long that you're allowing them to rationalize and justify what they're about to do. Yeah. And that's a fine balance that I think comes with experience. But um, it, along the same lines, uh, smiling, kindness, and offering help literally to murderers, people yeah. who are intending to murder, is not, I think, the na- our natural way that we would want to respond to someone that we feel is doing something that we know is doing something that is so awful. Yeah. But again, if they feel that you really do care and you're showing that in your demeanor, in your words, in your tone, um, it's more likely to to bring them to, to speak to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reality is we have to acknowledge that there is a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion in society. Right. And there's a lot of confusion confusion in the lives of these women. Do they know that they're murdering their child? Many do. Right. But there is so much demonic confusion. So yeah. much relational confusion with family members, their boyfriend, their mm-hmm. friends telling them they should abort, one friend telling them they shouldn't, their aunt telling them they should, their mom saying you should, you know, 
all of these things that are spoken, people, their pastor telling them that God's okay with it or what, you know, all these yeah. things, all these voices speaking into their lives are so much confusion there. Yeah. And so do they know they're murdering? Yes, but it's been covered up and it's been all these other voices has, have drowned out the voice of truth. So for us just to go out there angry, just with a smirk on our face and just letting them all have it, telling them all they're going to burn in hell, that might be. Um, I mean, you could justify that biblically, yeah, yeah. but is that going to be the effective way to do it? Is that going to be the God-honoring way to do it? I don't think so. Yeah, it hasn't been my experience that it's ever effective. Right. Uh, using the word murderer, I think, is, again, a showstopper. They're, they're yeah. just going to run away from us. Um, offering, though, prayer, sometimes even to the most stony-faced, angry people who have said, I don't believe in God, I don't want to hear anything about your God— and I have had or seen people just completely turn around with a really heartfelt, sincere prayer. And I have not had many say, no, please don't pray for me if, yeah. if I offer prayer. But recently, this this did happen just this past week on um, when someone was on the mobile ultrasound unit. And she just was flat affect, wasn't wasn't responding to anything, even seeing her baby on the ultrasound screen. But at the very end... Um, she actually said to me, are you going to pray? And I thought at first she was mocking me. Yeah. But I said, sure. And I started praying and she started crying. It was the first show of emotion I had seen. So I think I've heard you say this before, Daniel, that somewhere in all of our hearts, we all know God. We know he's there. We know he's real. That's certainly what the Bible says. All creation declares his glory Yeah. so that none are without excuse. So uh, don't be afraid to offer a sincere prayer. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes that can open doors totally unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites on our, on our points that we mention is don't give up and persistence. Persistence yeah. pays. Sometimes you feel like you're nagging. I excel in this area, as you know. Yes, you have what I call a nag anointing. That is correct. If so. I ask you, those who are listening to this podcast, <laughs> and you know me, if I ask you to do something, and I'm going to ask you to do something that's, you know, you know, helpful to the ministry or whatever. If you don't do that thing, then I will unleash Vicky on you. <laughs> and and you're she, in will, trouble. <laughs> she will have you doing it. She has a nag anointing. I do. And um, so I had actually a, um, a suicidal woman that through a series of texts, I thought literally was dead. She had done it. She'd committed suicide. And through the words of a friend, I, um, I ended up connecting with the police who checked on her. She turned out to be alive, and she had been the one that had texted me that she was dead. Anyway, I just continued to um, to persist in that she needed to get help. Yeah, uh, you know, she needed to talk with the suicide hotline. Yeah, and um, and that and I continued to text her every single day, and she has come around to the point where yesterday she actually she did finally connect. With a counselor, and she thanks me a for Bible-based. Yes, oh yes, thing? it's focus on the family. Yeah. We'll do suicide counseling and um, and Christian counseling, and we'll connect them with local resources. That's what I wanted to happen was for yeah. her to be connected with the local resource. And she kept saying, "It'll do no good. It'll do no good." And I just would not stop nagging her. And and there is a scripture. 
that I cling to because of this personality trait of mine. Okay. <laughs> about I I don't know the exact reference, but where the the woman that um, the judge finally grants okay. her what the she persistent wants widow. because the of the persistent, persistent because widow. she just won't shut up. She yeah. won't stop nagging. Generally, mm-hmm. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. is what that's saying. And in the end, this woman wrote a text that said, "I want to thank you for your persistence." And I said, "I like that word. I like that word yes, better that than is what a good word. what Daniel says about me." Yeah, well, so. I've heard that more than one time. Um, yeah. I've heard moms that have chosen life. Yeah. I remember one young lady, this is a couple of years ago, that chose life. Uh, and one of the things that she said, she went in and out of the abortion center like five times. And every time she came out and every time she went back in, back and forth to her car, someone was calling out to her. And it's kind of counterintuitive yeah. because you think, well, after they've already went in and out a couple of times, you need to just leave them alone because you're just going to tick them off. Right. And you're thinking, let them process it. Yeah. Which can be the it case, be. right? Yeah. Be led by the Holy Spirit. But for right. the most part, someone is not going to come out of that abortion center and go to their car without being addressed. Right. And someone's not going to go back to the abortion center from their car without being addressed. We're going to call out to them. I don't Until they tell me to F off. Right. Or whatever, I'm yeah. going to be persistent because I've seen it and I know what's going on. I know this fight in their mind is in their hearts. I know the devil's coming and speaking lies. You know, that age old battle between life and death that's going on in their mind and their heart, that battle between the flesh and the spirit. You know, we all know that battle. Yeah. That's going on. And I want to tip the scale to life, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm going to keep speaking until again they tell me to blank off. I'm going to keep addressing them because I've seen it break through one thing thing that was said right just was the thing that they were looking for they were like i've said in the past these women are grasping for two things Mm -hmm. they're grasping for justification to abort Mm -hmm. and they're grasping for some reason to leave yeah and maybe you being persistent calling out every time they go in and out is that that one thing that they are grasping for will be said. Yeah, and that leads to the last point. We skipped over a few, but I don't want this to go too long. And we are going to put this bullet point list out with the podcast. But that leads to the last point that even though you may not perceive it, there is always conflict. There is always conflict in their heart. And know that, speak to that, and don't give up trying to reach that that kernel of conflict and be able to tip the scale. Yeah. The scale is it's tipping from one way to another, even if you're not seeing that visibly on their face or their their demeanor. And yeah. so don't give up until that baby's dead. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The notion that women come to an abortion center and that they have their mind made up, that's why they're there, is yeah, a that's false, false notion. Yeah. Women are conflicted. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what their religious, political, whatever persuasion is. There is conflict, even a thread of conflict, if not a bunch of conflict in their hearts and in their minds. And uh, we want to help that conflict go in the right direction, the direction of life and toward the Lord. So so keep nagging. Keep nagging. (laughs) Don't give up. Keep nagging, being naggingly persistent. Nag nag with a correct tone. Yep. And in the correct time. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, God's going to use you guys. Hope this was an encouragement. Hope that we taught you guys something, and we hope that you will share this podcast with others. If you have other episodes, other subjects you'd like for us to cover, you can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky at lovelife.org, Vicky with a Y at the end of it, yes. lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you, but until next time, God bless. God bless you all. 
Since I met you 